Hello, good people of Windsor, Detroit. This is Brian W. Clem, Esquire, from Suburban Legends. You are listening to T10 99.1 FM. Listening to CJM Radio 99.1 FM, reaching higher ground here in Detroit. This is Wind City Sports, August 4th. We are here every Thursday at 8 p.m. here on CJM. Your host, Drake Amore, as always. Today we are joined by former Wind City Sports uh, guest here on the show, Cam Shortos. He is the media and public relations manager of the Sarnia Imperials football team, a football team in Sarnia. He's been on the show before, and today we're just going to be kind of shooting the breeze, shooting the you-know-what. We'll be talking a little bit about the Tigers, uh, this upcoming hockey season, and I'll probably ask him about uh, Sarnia Imperials, what they've been up to since we last spoke with him. Uh, he's going to be joining me by phone here in a little bit, so so keep that in mind. But first got to get into a little bit of business here and hear a word from one of our sponsors that keep us alive here at Jam. When I come back after the ad, I'll be right into my convo with Cam. So stay tuned, don't go anywhere. Artsite Inc., Windsor's artist-run center for the contemporary arts, is pleased to be the official organizer of the 9th Annual Summer Art Fest. From July 29th to August 13th, local artists will be showcasing their work and participating local businesses and venues in the downtown Windsor area. Come stop by at our satellite gallery on 307 Ouellette Avenue from noon till 5 p.m. to check out art from both emerging and established artists. A number of events are a part of this year's Summer Art Fest, including Part Art, Part Party, a Save Ojibwe fundraiser, and a free walking tour. Check out the 2016 Summer Art Fest Facebook event, or visit artsite.ca slash events for all the details. I'm here with Wind City Sports alumni, Cam Shortos of the Sarnia Imperials. Uh, we're What's going gonna, on, Busy? <laughs> we're just going to be uh, shooting the breeze today. Man, we should talk about Pokemon Go. I was wait, I was going to make some uh, references. I, I was waiting to see your reaction. If you okay. were, if you were rather going to be like, yeah, that's awesome, or fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere, eh? Oh, it's insane. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable how. It's amazing how like uh, how crazy this app is. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's crazy. Like you gotta kind of get a give them you know props in a way for you know get inventing an app for you know kids can actually you know. You're not just sitting on the app or like on the couch, you know, playing yeah. your PS4 or your Xbox One. You're actually getting out there, you're walking and uh, it's getting you to move around, stuff like that. But some of the stories that come out about people, you know, dying over Pokemon yeah, that's Go, dumb. Stuff, like that, that's just crazy. That's dumb. Th- that, this can be related to like a fitness kind of theme too, I guess. Because like I-, I read a thing online is like this guy was like, 300 and something pounds and within a week he lost like five to ten pounds just from playing this game it's like well good for you man like who cares yeah, if you're playing pokemon like <laughs> yeah that's uh, crazy man yeah it, like it's 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 just amazing how uh how popular this app has gained over like a month what if that not even man maybe like it's two not weeks, even, three weeks in, can- <laughs> in canada it's only been released yeah two weeks now or something like that yeah. but i think the u.s and the, the parts US around the world have been. I think it's been maybe three, maybe four weeks. Yeah, they now, had so. it a, like maybe a week and a half before us. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's 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 absurd of how how crazy this game is. It is, it's, but that that's what makes it challenging too. You actually have to go out of your house and try and uh, hunt these things, find these things. All right, well, I might have to shift gears. I, I kind of want to just talk about Pokemon, but yeah. we got to talk a little bit of sports here. All right, let's let's get to it. Let's talk some Tigers, man. I haven't talked. Uh, actually, I haven't talked about baseball at all. Really, I talked about some local. Uh, there's a tournament going on right now. But I haven't talked about the Tigers at all. Well, I'm a, I'm not, a diehard. Yeah, you are. Yeah, okay. I'm so a it's, diehard Tigers fan. You know that too. Yeah, so. I I was huge into it. I just haven't been following it lately. So me and Cam both both Tigers fans. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're not having the the greatest year they've had in some time. No, you know it's uh, it's it's different this year. You know the expectations are not really there, but mm-hmm. uh, the teams the teams doing relatively okay okay yeah like they, they used to they do are. they used to do really good though and yeah they used to you know yeah. was, even they, like in the last couple of years they might struggle but they just pull through and at least make playoffs and there's always something or someone there that had a big buzz around them and, yeah. and they still got some guys like that i'd say but they're just not uh there's not clicking i guess not clicking but uh, you know it's it's funny you mention that though because you know the trade deadline just passed yesterday mm-hmm. and you know well, a lot of uh, you know people who you know around MLB. You know, well, what the Tigers are going to do? What, what are the Tigers going to do? And what do you know? They uh, they sweep the Red Sox, one of the more powerhouses in the American League, and then they come home to play Houston, and then they sweep the Houston Astros. So you know they're on a six game winning streak right now, and and now that question became yesterday. Well, you sell the farm, or well, you don't really have much of a farm to begin with. Them. Yeah. You pretty much gave that all away in the last couple of years, but I mean, do, do you go out there and get yourself another pitcher, or, you know, help out the bullpen, or and you know they just kind of you know stayed the course, and I think that's kind of what this team should do in, in hindsight because too many times where the Tigers are over the past five, six, seven years, you know, got guys at trade deadlines and stuff like that, and it just hasn't worked out, and we've basically have no farm system because of that last year because we still had Dave Dabrowski as GM, you know, and we didn't really sell the farm, but he. Uh, Got rid of Price, you know, got him to the Jays, you know, did a few other trades, you know. Got uh, Matt Boyd, got uh, Norris, too, that pitcher from Toronto. So, I mean, like, he's basically ready to rebuild. And Mike Illich really, you know, because Mike Illich hasn't won a World Series since owning the Tigers. So, he really wants to win before, you know, because he doesn't have a whole lot of years left in him. You know, I, I think Illich is up, up in the 90s or whatever. So, he wants to te- see this team win a World Series. So, it, it's tough on Dombrowski's part last year where you have an owner who wants to kind of buy and win for now, but at the same time, you also want to rebuild for the future or else you're not going to have anything for the future, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they always have a decent product on the field. Yeah. You know, tickets aren't, they aren't going to gouge you like they are in Toronto. Yeah. Price after one good year. At yeah, least you true. have had a competitive ball club for the past 10 years where you yeah. put a reasonable price out there, you know, people are going to watch a game and stuff. Oh, man. Detroit Tiger games are great to go to. You can spend $10 on a ticket, 50 whatever you want, pretty much, right? And, it's and there's, not a, yeah, there's not a bad seat. It's great atmosphere. You say not a bad seat in that house at all. And, you know, it's funny we mentioned that, but, you know, or I mentioned about Toronto or whatever, because they had a very good year last year, and you wouldn't believe how some of their ticket prices are this year. I mean, they're still doing relatively well since, you know, they'll like, I think they're first place in their division after this past weekend. But uh, what about the fans who've been paying to see your ball club the last 10, 20 years who haven't done anything? And what, they have one good year, and that's how you show support for your fans? You know what I mean? Yeah, though that's uh, Toronto sports for you. 
the big surprise this year, I, I don't think anybody saw coming, is the return of Justin Verlander. I was that's, I was going to mention earlier, he had a hell of a game on uh, Saturday. Did you see that one? Uh, no, I didn't I see that against game, no. the, Against Houston at home. Okay, yeah. Was that the 11 nothing game? No, man. They they were down 2-1 in the bottom of the ninth and ended up taking it 2-3. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, 11 yeah. nothing game was a Sunday game. Yeah, okay. and Verlander pitched the whole game on Saturday. It's, it's crazy to see how, like, because, you know, he was the ace for, for you know, the league for, you yeah. know, for, for years. Yeah. And then and then he dropped down so much that we're like, well, is JV ever going to come back to form? And we saw a little bit of that last year where, you know, the I think it was the end of August, September, he kind of gave you hope, like, oh, is he going to start turning a corner now? And then these past 10 starts have been phenomenal just to see him pitch. like And the thing is, he's not pitching the way he used to. He's kind of reinvented himself, and I think that's – it takes a lot of courage for a pitcher to kind of reinvent his game and come back as strong as he has. Absolutely. He's had a fantastic year. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears to hockey. Uh, Cam's a Boston Bruins fan. Yeah, I, I am unfortunately a Boston Bruins fan. <laughs> and I'm unfortunately a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, but we got Austin Matthews. Yeah, tell me, tell me how you feel about that. Okay, so... Um, I'm not a biased guy, and you know that. I Toronto, Toronto is pretty terrible. Okay. Well, there's only a certain few of hockey fans I can really talk over Toronto Maple Leaf fans, and I only have like a handful of them that I can actually talk Toronto hockey. Yeah, I'm not. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is I'm not the guy that says now that we got Austin Matthews, we're set for 10, 20 years. Like when Connor Mc, sorry, Connor McDavid was coming up. Yeah. Everyone thought he goes to Edmonton. They're unstoppable. Because they got Conor McDavid doesn't mean sh- you know what I no mean? it, it, it really mean, doesn't, doesn't if, mean sh- if, if you don't have the team in place in the right a- atmosphere for that you, your prize rookie yeah to, that's what I mean you really can't, you can't rely on one guy no you can't you can't that's what I mean I don't I don't talk about stuff like that until it happens like when Bob or not Bob um, Mike Babcock came to Toronto I was saying there's no way he's coming to Toronto there's no way. Everyone that I know that's a Leafs fan, yep, we're getting them, and we're getting the cup next year. Just yeah, give no. one move. I, I don't, uh, I just don't jump on things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know it's, and that's well, just my opinion. And that's what I mean. The kid's a great player, but there's more to just being one good player. You know, this is a team thing. Like, look at Edmonton right now. Guys, you can't like rely on that if if you're not going to develop them properly, right? Mm-hmm. And like me and you spoke before, uh, it's good for them to get Lucic, but they still need a little bit more. Yeah, that's that's huge, and you can kind of tell where Shirelli's kind of going with this team now. Mm-hmm. Like he's starting to put it, put the pieces together, and he's almost building a a, a big powerhouse Western team is is what he's trying to go for. You know, picked up Patrick Maroon at the trade deadline last year for Anaheim. You know, good physical grinder, probably play third, fourth liner. You know, uh, he's going to be he'll be a good fit for it. Or what the identity of that team wants to be, um, you know, you, you trade Hall, and, and a lot of people in Edmonton aren't happy about that. And I, I wouldn't blame because you think he could have got a little more, but you know, you got a you got a right uh, def- uh, right puck moving defenseman and Adam Larson, and you know, this GM's got balls. He traded Tyler Sagan when I absolutely yeah. did not want him to trade Sagan one bit in Boston, and he did that, and he and he traded Taylor Hall, and there's a lot of people in Edmonton who didn't want him to do that either, and he did that, so. Looking at GM who's triggered the first and second overall picks in the 2010 draft mm-hmm. or 2011 draft, and you know, I mean, that takes balls for a GM to do that to make a stamp like that. So, yes. I, I, the only thing, you know, I guess uh, 
with the first overall pick is uh, you're just you are filled with expectations. Yeah, so you got to it on your back, like you're saying. It takes balls for him to do it. Absolutely. With the difference with Hall, though, is uh, he was more of a fan favorite. You know, loving the community and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh man, you're preaching to the choir, dude. Like people around here were were tripping. Like they didn't understand why they would trade the beloved Taylor Hall, who was the, s- the superstar of the Windsor Spitfires when they won the championships there. Like, yeah. they, like people in Windsor love Taylor Hall. Well, and isn't that funny now, though, because Taylor Hall now goes to New Jersey, and uh, who else was on your show that recently you talked with Mr. Who played Adam, with Taylor Hall? Mr. Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique, right? Yeah. So he, uh, he, Adam Henrique's hell of a player, too. I like that. Yeah, but I, I think Adam Henrique, didn't he play a year with, uh, with Taylor Hall? Yeah, yeah, they play, they played together on the championship teams. Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, so, they you know, played a couple years together. I was gonna say I wasn't sure if it was a year or a couple of years. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, at, at least two or three years, probably probably more. Because when I talked to him, he said he played at the old Windsor Arena. So that's dating like that closed in two thousand and eight, and Hall yeah, was that, drafted. That, yeah, that was the old that. barn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they probably but, uh, spent a year or two there, and then two years, probably close to four years. But yeah, you know, it, it's funny though because now you look at New Jersey and it, now you actually have some uh, you have some history there with Hall and Henrik. You know, yeah, I being, think that's important too. Be, be or you know, winning the Memorial Cup championship, you know, being on the same yeah. line, I'm pretty sure, and yeah, that's, that's that's quite appealing. You know, if, if I was a Devils fan, I guess this, those three Taylor Hall, um, Henrik, and Ellis are like the real standouts now at the NHL. Like a lot of guys don't, some of them don't even play hockey anymore. One guy I actually talked about it last week. He just went to Germany, but just all of them together were so good. Like they had never been that popular, man. Like every game was just sold out, and yeah, I was like volunteering. Kind of like them. when Santos was in Sarnia. Yeah, probably, man. Like, like it was, it was big time. There's like a yeah. little documentary on it. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, it's funny you mention that you know players who are from part of those more like up teams, but. They're not even in the show anymore, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, that just brings it back to the 05 team, the London Knights, when they won the World Cup. There was a guy named, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a guy named Robbie Shrimp. I knew you were going to say that, dude. We talked about this guy, remember? When I came to your house, you are like, do you remember this guy? And you showed me oh, the yeah, and I was like, yeah. man, he was the most hated guy in Windsor. Yeah, man. Like, And he was, everybody thought he was, and he was supposed to be, and he was better than Corey Perry. Yeah, but he was short. He was no, like he was Ryan short. Ellis short, eh? That's like no, he, the stigma. He was him. short, but he had all the skill sets, and everybody thought, like, oh, this guy's going to be so much better than Perry was. And now, like, and I believe he was drafted by Edmonton, played a few games uh, with the Oilers, but I haven't heard his name in years yeah, now. Yeah, man. That's what I mean. Like, when you brought it up, I was like, of course I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. Bro- Robbie Shrimp. You know, and, Shrimp. And there's a perfect example where I thought, you know, this guy was going to. This guy's gonna lay up oh, in yeah. the show. I thought for sure, but you know, uh, it, it just didn't work out that way. But I guess you, you hear about the uh, stories like that that go on uh, a lot more uh, than usual. All right, Absolutely. all right. Let's uh, shift gears once again. Let's talk some more about the Sarnia Imperials. Let's get caught up with what you guys been doing. Last time I talked to you, we were approaching your final home game, and uh, has been following on social media. You guys advanced to the playoffs, so catch up with us. What uh, what's been going on with the Imperials? We got some big time stuff happening uh, with the Imperials right now. You know, we just just finished our final regular season game this past weekend in Sudbury. Played against the Spartans, and uh, we, we need to win that game in order to uh, well, one walk up uh, the first seed in our in our overall league, and two uh, to lock up home field advantage at the playoffs. And uh, we have going up there, and uh, we won forty nine ten. Probably one of our more complete games of the season. 
or uh, thus far. And uh, yeah, so we're seven to one right now. Um, going into the playoffs this Saturday, uh, we have our quarterfinal matchup against the Oakville Longhorns. I believe their record is one and seven, so they didn't have the greatest year. But uh, this is the crazy thing about football, though, right? You know, regardless of what your record stands, you know, once the playoffs start, everybody's back in zero and zero, right? So. It's it's a it's a clean slate basically, and uh, um, you know it's uh, it's going good right now. And uh, hopefully uh, Saturday we uh, we have a lot of fans out there to uh, come and support us because uh, uh, this is the first time I think uh, San Imperials uh, have ever locked up uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. At least being back into the NFC since 2006, so it's it's a huge deal and. Uh, and we also uh, set a franchise record in the in Windsor, having our best season since '06, and and having a seven one record. So uh, awesome! Yeah, so a lot of good a lot of good things happening there. And uh, you know, uh, actually, our only loss of the season, uh, we played the GTA All Stars, and uh, that was at home, and kind of got our asses whooped, seventy five seventeen. But uh, we went up there a couple weeks ago, uh, up to Toronto to face them again, and uh, I wasn't at that game, but. Uh, we ended up winning in overtime, thirty-four twenty-eight, and uh, I, I'm so mad that I missed that game because it, it was quite the finish. Um, we 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 got an interception at the end of at the end of overtime to clinch it, and uh, I don't know if you saw the video I posted on Facebook or not, but just the team rushing out on that field to just to celebrate, knowing that you know we we oh, beat a we beat a powerhouse like like GTA. Uh, it, it's it's huge, and uh, it's great for this program it's great for this organization and uh we're not done yet by any means you know oh, yeah. like uh like i said you know we've had a banner year regular season year for the signing imperials you know seven and one home field advantage at the playoffs you know best record since being back into the league in, in 2006 and and now we have we have a chance to do something special and uh we definitely want to uh we definitely want to basically shock uh shock the uh shock the world <laughs> Oh yeah, man! Like I'm happy to hear that. Happy for you and Alec and all the guys, and uh, the the fan support is is huge, folks. Everyone listening out there, um, it really it really creates a great atmosphere and it puts a fire underneath the players' rear ends. So that's yeah. important. I'm hoping that you guys get some good support this Saturday. Yeah, you know, I I want to I want to see, see over a thousand fans there, man. Screaming fans, you know, wearing red, uh, dread the red, you know. It's a huge game, and um, not everybody can can attend our or can attend our road games, right? Because you know, we play games in Toronto, you know, Hamilton, Sudbury, like I said this past weekend. So a lot of the players' families, you know, their only way of following that game is through Twitter. So I just got a message from a, a player today, and he said he goes, "Man, he goes, uh, my my mom just uh, uh, said to me when I got home. She said, uh, you know, it, it felt like I was at the game, you know, with your Twitter update, you know." Whoever runs it, they, he, he said, uh, you know, did a really good job. And, you know, that kind of hit home. I'm like, well, you know, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm doing doing a, you know, yeah, you, a, better, a better job than, you know, some of the other organizations that I think kind of take social media for granted, but they don't use it to its full advantage, right? Absolutely. And that's that's important, dude. Yeah. So, like, and, and it's funny, too, because in our home games, the home team's kind of supposed to be the ones responsible for tweeting out the uh, – <laughs> that the score between two games, right? Well, you know, I kind of take advantage of myself, you know, like, if I'm at a road game or whatever, you know, oh, yeah. I'm going to use that Twitter feed and be like, oh, no, way, like, if, if, if you're not 
tweeting out to, to what my standards are or, or how the standards I think uh, you should be pr- providing fans a game, then I'm going to kind of take advantage of that. And it's kind of cool because as I was tweeting out, because uh, we have Sudbury on our Twitter too, they were trying to, we're almost having a little competition so you can uh, upload faster about <laughs> what, what was going on to the game and stuff like that. And it, it, was, it was really cool because it was getting them more interested and intrigued in the game too. So if I can kind of, you know, set the tone uh, throughout the league like that, that that'd be awesome. So, yeah, man, if I, and, and if I can have every team doing the way I do, like then, that, like I said, it just broadens our fans, our crowd, and you know, gets people to come out and watch some football, right? Yeah, man, start a movement. Yeah, and yeah, good. I, I, one thing I wanted to mention, um, I seen on the Sarnia Imperials Facebook. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if this it. was you or not, but they said. Um, it was anticipation for the for the first playoff game, and they're like, "We're looking to wake up a sleeping sports city, something like that." Yeah, and no, that, that was a good quote. Yeah, that, that's actually totally not me. That's all Jake Chersky, man, oh, yeah. he, uh, head coach and uh, president. So, uh, yeah, yeah, said he, it was you. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> said it was me. I'll, I'll give him credit though, but yeah, I think he puts that out there because you almost have to like we're a not-for-profit organization right but we're almost begging for attention to just get our names out there yeah, at, at times and i think that's what jake was trying to mention waking yeah. sleeping city because yeah i didn't see it as an insult i'll tell you that much no yeah it, it's just like you know come on fans like you have yeah. a you have a very talented football team in the northern football conference who very well could be going to the nfc championship game in my opinion i think i think we're going to and Yep. It's 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 just we're not seeing that fan support like I thought we would. So yeah. I, I I think Jake hit it on hit the hammer on the nail there. Like you know it's it's just trying to get fans out there. Like look, we have a really good team. We we have a, the best record in the league. Come out, support support your team, support your Sunder Beatles. Like like I said, we're a non-profit organization. We we just want as much love as the other organizations get within the city, right? Like I had mentioned last time we talked. I, uh, you didn't see a lot of Sarnia Imperial advertisement or, or anything when I was living in Sarnia for three years. So that's why I, it kind of appealed to me. I was like, yeah, let's, oh, yeah, get out there and f- support them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, another thing. I, I was going to say, because you did mention that in our last uh, talk over. Yeah, uh, that's when, over I, that's when I seen it. I was like, yeah, wake the, wake the fuck up. No, it's true. Like, get out there. Come out support. Enjoy it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah, you're doing a good job, dude. You're doing yeah, I appreciate job. that, man. Like, like I said, you know. This is huge for us right now, you know, uh, quarterfinal matchup, Oakville, Saturday, this Saturday, August 6th, 7 p.m., Norm Perry Park, 12 bucks to get in. Or no, sorry, not 12 bucks to get in. Uh, 7 bucks to get in, children under free, or <laughs> children under 12 get in free. Come out, support support the Sunday Imperials, man. It's going to be a great game, and, uh, you know, hopefully when it's all said and done, we, uh, we're 1-0 after this game, we're ready for our semifinal matchup the following week. Hell yeah. All right, thank you, Cam, for joining me. Uh, me and Cam talked for about an hour, and I had to cut it down as much as possible. So we had such a lengthy conversation. A lot of it was about Pokemon, so you guys didn't miss much. He did mention, though, that if the Sarnia Imperials win their playoffs, they go on to play the final championship game in Alberta against the top team of the Alberta League, which is very cool. It'd be cool for them to travel out to, uh, to Alberta out west there and, and do their thing. So I am hoping for the best for uh, the Sarnia Imperials. Not only do I know Cam, I know one of the players. So it's been a long time coming. Like I said, they, they've they been putting in the time and just, just doing what they do best, and it brought out the best of them. So 
Good luck to the Starting Imperials this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday I will be in Grand Bend, so I won't be able to attend the game. I might, maybe would have made a trip up to Sarnia, but I'm going to drive right through Sarnia and right to Grand Bend. But that's not important. Let's talk about the Windsor Clippers. A few weeks back I had Andrew Garrett and Josh Juvenville on the show, both assistant captains of the team. I actually ran into Andrew uh, getting dinner a few days ago, and I said I was hoping the best for them. Uh, at the point that I had spoken to them, it was a day or two before their game in Orangeville. They were tied 2-2 two to two in a best-of-five series. And unfortunately, they fell in a 11-5 loss to the Orangeville Northmen this past Tuesday. Very unfortunate, these circumstances. I was hoping that they would come back home for the final, uh, for the finals and have a home advantage. That way, uh, myself and a lot of Windsor fans could have went out and seen them. i seen a, a clip, a video from Game 4, which was at Forest Glade Arena, and the place looked electric. Their fans, uh, their fans really come out and support them. So as much as I try and promote it on this show, I'm glad to see it. These Windsor teams need support. Reading here on their website, Liam LeClaire and Dylan Riley each scored a, each scored for the Windsor Clippers in the third period, but they just couldn't just couldn't battle it out to tie that game up. Although the Clippers outscored the Northmen two to one in goals, uh, as mentioned before, one by one by Liam and one also says here by Ryan Marchand, but it was just a bit too late. Braden Bell suffered the loss in net, so shout out to all those guys for for uh, doing all you did this season and just putting your heart out on the floor. That's all you can do, and this this experience is going to be great for them. They're going to come back next year hungry and, and stronger than ever. Now, going forward, the Orangeville Northmen will face the Green Gales. Green Gales, I guess. I don't know. For the Ontario Championship, both teams will also compete at the Founders' Cup for the National Championship, as Orangeville is the host city. I'm sure the Clippers are going to be following the series and looking closely at who they uh, who they played and who beat them out. Sometimes in sports you want uh, you want the team that beat you to win because you respect them for it, and sometimes you want them to lose because they beat you. <laughs> Everyone that I spoke to from the Clippers are very respectful and sportsmanlike, and I've seen them on CTV News. They look like a great organization, and I'm, I'm happy that they were able to be part of my show when it was kicking off. So thank them once again, and hopefully I'll hear from them maybe next season or uh, sometime soon. Tomorrow is the opening ceremonies of the 2016 Summer Olympics, though, folks. And we have three individuals, three women, actually, from Windsor who are going to be part of the Summer Olympic Games. Uh, I'm going to list them off here quickly since I haven't spoke about them yet, but i got to give them the recognition they deserve. Um, obviously, a lot of controversy surrounding the Olympics this year, so I'm hoping that they all come back safe and healthy and, better yet, hopefully bring home some gold or some medals for us. First off, we have Melissa Bishop, who will be competing in the women's 800-meter dash. Uh, her competition dates will be the 17th, 18th, and 20th. So be sure to check out the Summer Olympics on, I think it's on CTV. Check your local listings um, or call your cable provider and find out when that competition may be on television if you want to watch it. It's a Windsor girl. She was actually part of the 2012 Olympic team, and she turns 28 on Friday, so happy birthday. Melissa spoke on the Zakia virus and said, uh, Am I concerned? Absolutely. Will I miss the Olympics for it? Never. Obviously, this is something that people have been looking forward to their entire lives uh, for her, even her entire life, and then in that last four years since she uh, had competed in it before. So that's what Melissa had to say about that and kind of shows where she's coming from and maybe where some other athletes are coming from. 
Mia Marie Langlois will be part of the women's basketball team for Team Canada. Uh, their games begin August 6th against China and also play Serbia on the 8th. They will be continuing their games on the 10th and 12th, 12th against the United States, and the 14th against Spain. Quarterfinals are August 16th and semifinals August 18th with the medal games. So that would be the bronze and then the gold and silver game on August the 20th. She is a University of Lancers basketball alumni, which is her background and her road to Rio. And something interesting to note here, it says her favorite place in the Windsor area is the river. She says, no matter where I go in the world, I'm drawn to the water and the river. I like Malden Hill also. It's nice being at the top. It's a nice little metaphor there. Think about it. And we also have Kylie Massey, who will be competing in the 100-meter backstroke for women's in swimming, obviously. And then we have her also competing in the Canada's 4x100 relay team. Uh, she'll be competing in the backstroke on the 7th and 8th and in the relay on the 12th and 13th. The 20-year-old Massey burst out onto the scene by winning gold in the event at the World University Games in 2015, and that's her road to Rio. And I stand corrected here, guys. We actually have two more individuals, so five in total, going to the Summer Olympics from Windsor. Uh, one is a guy we have... We have Brandon McBride going in for the men's 300-meter dash. His his competition dates are August 12th, 13th, and 15th, so stay tuned for those. And finally, we have Noelle Montcalm for the women's 400-meter hurdles. Her competition dates are the 15th, 16th, and 18th. And that's going to be all for today, folks. Uh, jam-packed episode of Wind City Sports. We're here every Thursday at 8 p.m. on CJAM 99.1 FM. And check us out on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud for all sorts of Windsor sports news. And our old shows are on there. They're also on the CJAM archive at cjam.ca. Until next week, peace.